Amen. Everyone smile at me real big today. All right. Everyone smile. Some of you need to learn to smile. BJ, that is a great smile. I love it. Right there. Come on. Yeah, that's the kind of smile you need. How many know that that we are Christians in here and we ought to have we ought to be the happiest, we ought to be the most joyful people in the world, right? Amen. A few years ago, uh, there was a group called the Black Eyed Peas. If you know who the Black Eyed Peas are, raise your hand. All right. Not the kind you eat. This was a, a music group called the Black Eyed Peas, and they did this song called Where Is the Love? It was the name of this song, and that's so relevant to anything because uh, really I, I've, I've titled this sermon today, Where Is the Joy? Everyone say, Where is the Joy? Listen, listen, as the people of God, man, you can come in with your Missouri mule face all you want, but y'all, you have the living Christ inside of you. You ought to be happy, you ought to be exuberant, you ought to be worshipful, you ought to be a happy, that you are on your way to heaven, come on, that God has got you in the palm of, of his hand, come on somebody, right? He snatched you out of the depths of hell and you are free because of what Christ did for you. That ought to give you great exceeding joy in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I don't know. Bump your neighbor and say, where is the joy? We're going to be looking at Psalm 51 today. Psalm 51, this is a very, uh, I love this passage. This is the passage that that David is basically, he is repenting and in this psalm. It's a repentive prayer, uh, prayer, basically his prayer after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and killed Uriah. And this, he just comes to this moment when the, the prophet Nathan comes to him and says, you know, he says, you know, wh- uh, what, what about this farmer that has thousands of sheep on one end and then, uh, and then, but he goes over to the neighbor who have one pet sheep, but he takes that pet sheep and he asked David, he, uh, the prophet Nathan asked David, he said, what should be done with that man? David being the king says, that man should die. And I, I love the, the, the boldness of the prophet Nathan. He looks straight at the king, knowing that the king could take his life. And he says, you are that man, David. And he calls him out for his sin. But David finds himself, because he is a man after God's own heart, even all his mistakes. I mean, you know that God is gracious and God gives us mercy. Amen. Even after all his mistakes, we see here in Psalm 51, his repentance and what he's crying, uh, crying out to the Lord. And one of the verses that I want to key in on and the verse that I love to key in on today is Psalm 51, uh, verse 12. Verse 12. And if you have that, say, I got it, Pastor. And if you don't have it, it's in the middle of your Bible, Psalm, in the middle. Unless you got one of the Gideon New Testament, then it's probably in the front, all right? Uh, but uh, Psalm 51, verse 12 says this. If you don't have it, it'll be up here on the, on the screen. Come on, will you read this with me? It says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Can we repeat that one more time? Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me. By your generous spirit. Man, what a wonderful cry to the Lord. I I love this. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your mercy and grace. God, God, we as the people of God should be the most joyful people, God, in in every aspect of life. Wherever we are, God, we are are your child. And God, no matter what's happening in our lives, God, we we have the joy of the Lord. So, God, I pray today, Lord, that this this would sink into our hearts, Lord, that this wouldn't just be something that we hear, 
But, Lord, this is something that we do as we leave this building. God, may the joy of the Lord fill us, walk with us, and carry us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. So joy, uh, the, the definition of joy, and I think this is the Oxford di Dictionary. It says it like this. It says, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. I get great joy. Come on, when I get a pumpkin pie in front of me, and I don't know why I keep talking about food. I should have ate breakfast this morning, right? But I get great joy. Come on, how many of you get great joy when you get your favorite meal in front of you? Amen. Amen. I, I get great joy when, when that happens. But the biblical definition of joy is, is a little bit different because there, there's a, a, just a little bit of variance. It's not just happiness. It's just not because the word happy comes from the word happenings. That means something has to happen. There's an external force that has to happen to make us happy. If I give you a million dollars, you're happy. But when the IRS comes in and takes half of it, you are sad, right? Come on, somebody, right? So you can be happy, but if you take that thing away, guess what? You become sad. So, But the biblical definition of joy is gladness, exultation, or rejoicing. And that word rejoicing is joy and joy again. That's literally what it is. Everyone say joy and joy again. Come on, you might as well preach with me today because if you don't, I'm, we'll be out of here at 3 o'clock. But if you preach with me, man, we'll get out of here by the lunch hour, all right? Come on. How many believe in miracles? Amen. Few of you. All right. I need some prayer warriors to really step it up. No, I'm just. All right. But John Piper said this, and I love this because joy is not just uh, something that we talk about. It's just not something in the Bible. But John Piper said this: joy is serious uh, because it is the central to the very being of God. You know why uh, joy is so important? Because that is part of God's character. A lot of us think of God as sitting up on a throne, you know, with a big hammer ready to smash people and do this. But I believe, come on, I believe that, that God laughs. I believe that, that Jesus Christ, when he walked this earth, I believe he laughed. I believe he joked around. How many like to be around a good joker? Unless the joke's on you, right? How many are, are a joker in here, all right? But, uh, you know, and I, I believe that God has put in us joy. I, I love being around joyous people because it doesn't matter what's going on in their life. Those circumstances don't bother them because they know whose they are. Come on, somebody, right? Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you're going to do it. Listen to me, listen to me, and you can write this down. Joy is not an emotion, but it, it normally includes emotions, all right? Joy is not an emotion, but it normally includes emotions. So joy without happiness wouldn't be joy, but neither would joy be joy if it, uh, if it had to always be happy. You know what? I got the joy, 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 joy. Where? Come on, you guys know it. Where? Where? And I'm so what? All right, all right, so there you go. So so happiness, come on, you ought to be happy because you got the joy of the Lord where in your heart. I love that. Joy is something uh, that we have to fight for sometimes, and sometimes we have to possess it. How many know that life will throw you a curveball all the time and try, the devil sends things, and he'll try to trip you up and make you think that you are not an overcomer, to make you think that you can't be a joyous person, and he'll, he'll trip you up and make you think that, hey, I'm the only person going through this right now. I'm depressed, right? I'm the only one. But how many know that God has given us joy to overcome life circumstances? 
I say this all the time. I don't understand how people can go through life, not serve Jesus Christ, and go through the same trials that a Christian goes through. The difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is this. I can lean on the Lord, and he picks me up, and he carries me. I can cast all my cares, is what Peter says. I cast all my cares upon him because what? He cares for me. When I take on his yoke, come on, his yoke is light. That's what the scripture says. And so he does the heavy lifting. I'm so glad I know Jesus. How many are glad that you know Jesus today? Amen. How many know that that life happens and sometimes we have to fight to possess joy. Life uh, happens. Sickness comes and unexpected bills. A, a fight with your spouse. Come on. Anybody ever been there? A, a wayward son or daughter. Life just begins to happen and the joy that you once had. Come on. You, you lose it, and, and you get a little bit down. But how many know as the people of God, listen, we need to stop uh, being so passive, but we need to learn to go on the offensive and say, devil, you are not stealing my joy. All right? Amen? Man, come on. Come on, somebody. You're preaching good, Pastor. I know. Come on. You know, some people are, are, are I feel like, are built uh, for joy, it's easy to them. I, I love being around people that are just full of joy. It doesn't matter what life is throwing at them. But, uh, but, but sometimes life will steal your joy if you let it. Amen? I have a few friends that are full of joy. And I love, I love, I love to be around them. If they say, hey, can we hang out? I'm like, yes. I need to be around people that smile, that laugh, that know how, know how to just, man, don't take themselves so serious. Come on, somebody, right? Listen, you, you, ought to st you ought to stop taking yourself so serious. When you get up in the morning, look in the mirror and know that God has a sense of humor. Come on, somebody, right? Learn to laugh at yourself. Come on. Uh, how many know that laughter is, is good medicine? It's good medicine. Good to laugh. And all of us need to do more of it. Stop taking yourself so serious. You know what I love about my dad? He doesn't take himself serious. Uh, he knows how to be serious. But listen, there are moments, man, he is just a jokester. I love to be around him. And when I get around him, the joy is there. But, but you know, life happens oftentimes and we lose our joy. So what, what are some of the reasons we lose our jo the joy of, of salvation? In David's case, and maybe in some of our cases, we have sin. David sinned. He, he uh, was rebellious to what God wanted him to do. He knew he should not be doing that, but he did it. Anyways, that can, that can cause us to lose the joy of our salvation. How about this? The cares of life can come and steal your joy, right? And in this, in this text that we were talking about, David is crying out, and he goes, goes to God and says, I, I, I need to return to the joy, not of his salvation, of your salvation. And that's a capital Y. That's, that's God's salvation. And how many know that his salvation is 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 better than our salvation, amen. It's and so he says, I messed up. I need you, Lord, and that's why David is a man after God's own heart. He messed up, but he always knew where to go. He said, I need to repent. I need to get back to you. If he says, I, you know, I'm depressed. I, I'm guilt ridden because I, I made these mistakes and I'm down in my heart. It, it might. 
talking to anybody in here today. The life has happened to you and you feel down in your heart. Let me encourage you today with the word of God that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Amen. So let's look at four ways to get your joy back. Everyone say, I want my joy back. All right, I want to remind you of some things here today, and this is the first one, that God, he, is the, he pardons our sins. How many know uh, the pardon of sins ought to get you thrilled and ought to get you excited about what God has done in your life? Amen? Look at this. I, I want to look at this. We simply forget what Christ did for us. How many of you have been saved a while? You've been knowing God a long time? We get comfortable and we forget the price that Christ paid for us. And, and, and we take it for granted. And, and, and in 1 Corinthians 6.20 says that he bought you with a price. And what was that price? It cost God his son, Jesus Christ. He died for you. That is priceless. He, he gave more than any numerical value. He gave his son. I can tell you this. I have two sons, and I wouldn't give them up for any of you jokers in this house. You say, that's selfish, Pastor. I know. I'm not God. He's still working on me. But God, in his mercy and his grace, gave up his son for you paid the price for your sin. The price of sin was death. And he said, my son will go to the cross for you. It's amazing to me. And, and Jesus, when he came to this life, he, he left heaven and he became a man, was tempted in all areas. I talked about that a couple weeks ago. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross for my sins and he rose for, from the dead for my victory. And you ought to know something today. You ought to get that down in your heart. Saint of God, you've been, you've been saved 20, 30 years. You need to be reminded that God paid a great price for you. Amen. So uh, when we become believers, Isaiah 43, 25 tells us that, that, that he blots out, the Lord blots out our transgression, our, our sinful nature, and he remembers them no more. How many know that that is a good God? Amen. I told this story last week about when I was in school and, and I had been sent to the principal's office. And I still don't remember why I got. No, I remember. I'm not going to tell you why I got sent to the principal's office because, listen, I want you to think highly of me, not, not lowly of me. But I made some stupid decisions and, and I got sent to the principal's office and my dad decided to pick me up early from school. What, what in the world? And he picked me up early from school and I remember thinking, how am I going to tell my dad that I got in trouble today and I'm in the car and, and I'm, just, I'm making small talk with him? you know, trying to warm up to him. And I said, Dad, I just let it out. I said, Dad, I, I got sent to the office today. He said, I know. And I said, how'd you know? He just said, well, I talked to the principal when I got to the school. And they grabbed me and said, hey, can we talk to you for a second? And, 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 and I, told you, I told you that, but, but my dad gave me mercy that day. He gave me grace that day, and I didn't deserve it. I was expecting the worst of the worst, but he gave me mercy and grace. How many know that's what God did for us? He paid the price for us, and, and he said, hey, it, it, you know, he doesn't remember it. It doesn't mean that he forgets our sins. What it means is this. He does not hold them against you anymore. How many know that that is a friend right there, that a friend that sticks closer than a brother? I'm not going to hold that against you. Yeah, you were a fool. Yeah, you made mistakes. Yeah, you did those. God said, you know what? I'm not going to hold that against you anymore. I mean, how many know that's grace and mercy right there? First John 1 John 1.3 says this, the Father lavished his love on us 
and called us children of God. Hmm. He bought you with the price, and then he adopted you in, and he said, hey, you, you're, you're no longer this, but you are my son and daughter. How many know that that's something that we should be excited about? He, he pardoned you. Everyone say, he pardoned you. Can I tell you this? Some of you should be dead today, but God. Right? Some of you should be broke today. No money, but God. Amen? Some of you uh, would be in a gutter somewhere, but God, amen. Some of you, your marriage would be dissolved, but God. Can I tell you something? Get some joy, somebody. You ought to know that you are a child of God, that he pardoned your sin, and that you're free from sin. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. If you're going to do it, let's do it. Look at this. Luke 15.10 says this. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents? Let me read that to you again. Luke 15, 10. Just so I tell you there is joy. Come on, everyone say joy. Before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Even the angels get more excited than we do here on earth. When someone comes to know Christ, they throw a party. They get excited. There's great joy. I love that. Luke chapter 15. There's so many great things in that, and it's a picture of the, the prodigal son is in there, the picture of the lost coin and the lost sheep. And after every one of those things where, they, where something is found, there's mention of, hey, the angels, man, when the coin is found, it says the, the angels, when, when one repents, man, they, they get excited. They're full of joy. When the prodigal son came home to his father, the father said, hey, you know what? Kill the fatted calf. My son is home. And they had a feast. I'm like, man, my kind of people. They had food, right? If it's worth meeting over, it's worth it's eating over, right? And they had food, and they, they began to just throw a party because his son came home. And then the, 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 the story of the lost sheep, it says this, that they, they celebrated the one. And heaven celebrates when one comes back to the Father or comes to know the Father. Amen? Can I tell you this? Forgiveness brings freedom from the bondage of sin. Forgiveness gives freedom from guilt. Forgiveness gives freedom from fear. Uh, of judgment, but but let me ask you this question, but where is the joy of pardon? Let me ask you that. You see, we we're talking about being pardoned from sin, but where is your joy in that? Where is your joy? Why do we hear that? Why do we hear about when we know what Christ did for us, but we sit here in church like, like it's just what we deserve? How, come on, how many know we live in an entitled world, the world that we live in? I deserve this. I, I get to, but let me tell you something. It's by God's grace that I stand here. It's by God's grace that I'm here today. Amen? Man, you ought to get your life in perspective and remember that God could squash you like a bug if he wanted to, but his grace and his mercy, he has kept you. Amen? Amen. So, but, but where is the joy of pardon, resentment, guilt, false or real, neglect of God's word, and overwork, uh, uh, cause uh, the lack of joy in our life. But when we lay these humbly before the Lord and pray and say, God, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. When we're reminded that he will restore the joy of your salvation. How many could say today, be honest with me today, say, Pastor, I need to be a little bit restored in my heart. I need to be reminded of the joy that I don't deserve that God has lavished on me and given to me. First Peter 1.8 says this, you love him even though you have never seen him. 
though talking about the Lord, though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, what inexpressible what? Man, come on, people of God. Where is your inexpressible joy? You, you haven't seen God, but Peter says you haven't seen him, but you've trusted him. But you ought to have what? Inexpressible joy. That means you ought to go around being excited all the time. Some of us get more excited about fried chicken than we do what Christ has done for us. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Whew. I love that. Back in 1830, George Wilson was convicted of robbing the United States mail. I think he, he stole some $783 back in 1830. How many know that's a lot of money back then? And, 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 and was sentenced to be hanged, and President Andrew Jackson issued a pardon for Wilson. This is an amazing story. I, uh, but he refused to accept it. Mr. Wilson refused to accept the pardon that, that, that President Andrew Jackson had, had sent his way. And the matter went to Chief Justice Marshall, who concluded that Wilson uh, would have to be executed. This is amazing to me. A pardon, he said, is a slip of paper, wrote Marshall, the value of which is determined by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. If it is refused, it is no pardon. George Wilson must be hanged. And can I tell you something? You know, whether we want to like it or not like it, sometimes we're, we're like George Wilson in this story. You know, God has given you pardon for your sins. And God's saying, hey, I, I've got this. I can, I can help you get free from this. I want to give this to you. But some of us sit back there and say, no, Lord, I'm not accepting your pardon. Nope, 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 nope. I'm not going to do it. And, and so we have been convicted uh, with sin, and we deserve death. But Christ has given us a pardon for our sins. Come on. And, and, and we just have to, uh, to uh, got to run to him and accept his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus. You ought to know him before the end of this service because his pardon is still for you. I don't care what you've done. His grace and his mercy and his hand is still extended to you today. Amen. David didn't deserve a pardon of his sins, but God forgave him and God washed him. Joy is a, is, is a fruit of right relationship with God. Let me tell you something. Say, I, I'm struggling with joy. I say this. Go back and evaluate your relationship with the Lord because, listen, it is a fruit, a direct fruit of knowing Jesus Christ. You will have joy. How many remember the day you were saved? I remember the day I was saved. The grass was greener. The sky was bluer. Man, people were happy. I, it, the gas prices didn't get me down. The president didn't get me down. Nothing got me down because I realized that I was saved and on my way to heaven. Amen. So number one, the pardon of sin. Everyone say the pardon of sin. Here's number two, the purity in spirit. Everyone say purity in spirit. Acts 13, 52 says this, and the disciples were filled with and with the, woo. Here we go. Paul's in Antioch here. He's preaching the gospel with Barnabas and the the Gentiles were getting saved, and, and they were uh, getting saved, and they, they begged Paul they, and Barnabas to, to preach to them the gospel, uh, to preach to the Jews the, on the next Sabbath day. And, 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 man, people were just getting saved, and great things were happening. The next Sabbath day, the whole city came to hear Paul preach the word of God. Boy, that is amazing, right? Can you imagine if all of Bedford showed up to hear somebody preach the gospel of, of Jesus Christ? There's some power behind that. And, 
And, and, and it's amazing. The Jewish leaders, they got jealous. They got riled up. And, and the leaders, they riled up the leaders of the town, and they expelled them from the, from the region. So Paul's preaching. He's doing his thing. Man, he had every reason to be bitter. He had every reason to be mad about it. But look at this. In verse 51, it says this. I love it because it says this. In my translation, I read it. It says this, that they dusted off their feet and they kept going forward with the mission of God. They didn't get sideways with what was happening to them. They didn't get bitter. They didn't get mad. Come on, somebody needs to hear that in your, in your walk. With people are going to mess with you. People are going to let you down. People are going to drop you. And, but you just got to dust your feet off and say, I'm on a mission with God and I'm going to keep going. They didn't get mad. They didn't get bitter. They could have. No, they, they understood that Christian joy depends on a total commitment to God. It didn't matter what people thought about them. I love that. I, I, I think that's a beautiful thing. No, no holding in reserve a certain favorite possession or pursuits. They weren't about, hey, I have this car, and that's what makes me, this is my purpose, or I have this job, or I have this house. No, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I'm laser-focused on that thing. Complete surrender to God releases us from worry. Come on, somebody. Somebody need to hear that in this house. Complete surrender to God will release you from worry. Are you worried about the condition of the, worry, of the world? Are you worried about certain things? Are you worried about your job? Are you worried about the economy? Listen, lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, God, regardless of what happens, I will trust you. God holds the future. Do you believe that or do you not believe that? If he holds the future, why are you worried? He holds us. I, I, I got to love Paul and Barnabas and their strength here. It's like, man, they could have worried. They could have got mad and said, man, we're being kicked out of the city. You know what they did? Psh, boots on the ground. We're just going to the next city. We're going to tell them about Jesus. Beautiful. The responsibility uh, uh, of our life. Listen, I'm going to take something off of you right here. I'm going to take some weight. How many would like a little bit of weight take it off of you right here? All right. I'm not talking physically. I'm talking spiritually. All right. The responsibility of our lives belongs to God. <laughs> trust in God. Not your own understanding. Trust in God. Be wise. Do what you know to do. But trust in God. Amen. You, what does that mean, Pastor? That means he's God and you ain't. And he's got you. He's got you. Do, you. do you believe that? All you got to do is trust him. See, Paul understood this, and I think we can learn from this. So through total commitment to the Holy Spirit, he fills us with God's love. Loving God and others, come on, when we begin to love God and we begin to love others, it restores to us, come on, the purity of our spirit. Because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because we're acting like the Holy Spirit when we love God and we love others. Regardless if they talk about us, regardless if they say bad things about us, regardless of uh, if they hurt us. Listen, it doesn't matter. The Bible says that we are to love them. Amen. Loving God and others restores to us the joy of salvation. Acts 15.9 says this, and this is Peter. He's talking there. And this is where Peter and, the, and, and, and James and, and John are there in Jerusalem, and Paul comes, and there's this confrontation a little bit between them, and they're, they're kind of having, hey, what do we think here? Why, what do we believe? That? But, but I love this. Peter says, says this in, in verse 9, he says, and he made no distinction between us and them, talking about the, Jew, the Jews and the Gentiles. He said, there's no distinction. Peter says this, not Paul, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Peter is saying, we all need 
grace and mercy. That's what he's saying. And God gave them uh, the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Paul and Barnabas had the Holy Spirit. And the disciples had the Holy Spirit. And listen, it helped them to remain pure in spirit. That means they did what was righteous before the Lord. Listen, if you're walking in the path that the Holy Spirit is ordering your steps, listen to me. You won't go to the left and you won't go to the right. You'll do exactly, you'll stay in perfect sync with what God has for you. After a violent storm one night, a large tree, which over the years had become a stately giant, was found lying across a pathway in a park. Nothing but a splintered stump was left. Closer examination showed that it was rotten at the core because thousands of insects had eaten away at its heart. The weakness of that tree was not brought on by sudden storm. It began the very moment that the first insect, come on, come on, hear me out. Uh, first insect nested within its bark with the Holy Spirit's help. We need to stop and we need to be careful and say, God, will you help me guard my purity? This mighty tree that was strong that many people walked under in the park day by day fell because one day an insect got inside and it, and it multiplied and it multiplied. Same thing with us. Can I tell you this? Listen to me. Listen to me, child of God. Purity of heart. Purity of heart. Don't let the bugs of bitterness. Don't let the bugs of resentment. Sorrow, depression, anxiety in your life. And, and what happens is they come in and they're like bugs and, 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 and they'll take you down. But instead, you got to be like 1 Thessalonians 5.16. I love this verse this time of year. I love what it says at the beginning of that. It says, always be joyful. Amen. Be thankful in all seasons what it says. But it, the first part says, always be joyful. Everyone say joyful. Amen. In all things, he says, give thanks. And pray without ceasing. So if you are forgiven of your sins and you are totally committed to God, listen, your walk with God will be led with purity. Everyone say pure in spirit. Amen. Purity in spirit. So here's the next one. Peace of soul. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Peace of soul. Romans 14, 7 says this. For the kingdom of God is not a, a 14, 17, I'm sorry. says this. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. Come on, that was for pastor right there. Uh, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness. Everyone say righteousness. And what? And what? In the. Woo. Man, you ought to mark that down in. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness. Peace. And joy. Where? In the Holy Spirit. That means I am walking in line, in purity with what the Holy Spirit is telling me to do. And listen, we, how many know that we have a job to do in this, in this place? Amen? Amen. I, I could say this. The, today's world is seeking for peace, right? We're always looking for peace. But how many know we're looking for peace in all the wrong places? Reminds me of an old song, looking for love and all, right, right. The world is looking for peace. How do you know that, Pastor? I don't even know. Uh, uh, the world is looking for peace where? In all the wrong places. Can I tell you the casino will not give you peace? Ooh, Pastor. Whoa, whoa. Can I tell you something? The bar will not give you peace. Oh, it'll cover it for a moment. But it won't, your problem will be there when you're, when you're sober back up. Drugs will not give you peace. 
Can I tell you, I'm, I'm going to step a little bit further. I'm going to go a little bit. Hey, uh, a, a relationship with somebody will not give you peace unless it's Jesus Christ. The world is seeking for peace. They want security. They want power. They want possessions. They want pleasure. So a uh, human endeavor can, can never bring satisfaction to a longing soul, no matter what we do, man. Here's the thing. We get presents at Christmas, and then we want more presents the next year, right? Greg, we buy a new rifle. We got to have a new rifle for the next deer hunting season, right? I can get a new crossbow for the next one, right? Buy a new car. Got to get another car, right? Buy a Big Mac. Got to get another Big Mac. Psychologists say this, that a man's basic needs are, you ready for this? A man's basic needs are the need to belong and the need for reasonable security. I'm going to show you something. Show you something. It's amazing. Can I tell you this? Christians belong to the king of kings. That's, that's, shout me down. Christians belong to the king of kings who supplies our needs and promises us eternal life. Oh, I, I love that. Philippians 4. And I, I added to this. 4, 4 through 7, the first part of this verse says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say what? Say it once. Say it again. He's what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which what? Surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in what? The peace of God guards this thing. Some of us have more than others. Some of us have less than others. And the peace of God guards this thing. He'll guard your mind. He'll guard your heart. Amen. Simply put, biblical joy is choosing to respond to uh, external circumstances with inner contentment and satisfaction. Say, Lord, no matter what happens, I trust you. You have my life. I trust you. That's hard, Pastor. I know. I know. I know it's hard. But this is what I know. God will use experiences and, and our difficulties to accomplish his work in us and through our lives. The hard thing you're going through, guess what? God will pull you through it, give you a testimony. You can go to somebody and say, listen, I went through that very thing a few years ago. And let me tell you something. You're down right now, but God could pull you out of that situation. Psalms 1611 says this. You make known to me the path of my life. In your presence there is fullness of, there's what? At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You say, I, I've been struggling with peace in my life. I can't find it. It seems God, God's a million miles away. Anybody ever been there? Nothing satisfying. You, you try this, you try that. You're like, man, God, where are you? Could it be? Could it be? Listen to me. Listen to me, people of God. Could it be? Ready? that you veered away from the master. Whoa, wait a second. Not me, pastor. Because that scripture I just read says, his, in his presence there is what? Fullness of. So if you're walking in, in his presence, guess what? You ought to be full of joy. 
You know, I'll, I'll never forget when I was growing up, I went to Six Flags with my uncle and his family, and I've told this story, and I was little. I don't know how old I was, four maybe. And in the process of, of, of his family, he had older kids and boys, and we were, I remember I was just following them, just kind of trying to keep up with them. I mean, like a four-year-old has to, you know, you got to take these big steps with everybody, right, try to keep up with them. And I'll never forget, I got separated from them, not even realizing I had got separated from them. And then I found myself in the middle of Six Flags at four years old with a, without a single soul around me. My uncle, who's supposed to be watching me, come on, lost me there at Six Flags. And there I am, lost. What happened? I veered off. I went away from the direction that they were going. And I'll never forget, man. I was lost, and some girls found me. I was sitting there crying. Ah, can you imagine your pastor crying? Ah, yeah, you can. All right, and, and there I am, and these girls pick me up, and they're like, are you lost? And I'm like, yeah. And I thought, man, this is it. What am I going to do? They're going to put me in an orphanage. I've seen enough movies. I know how this works. My mom and dad are somewhere. I don't even know where they're at. I don't even know. I don't know my phone number. I don't know my address. I don't know anything. They're like, Wait, is your family here? And I said, I think so. I don't know. They took me to the lost and found. We found an object here. Someone will come along and find it here in a minute. You thought I was a cell phone. Well, cell phones weren't around back then. But I'll never forget when my uncle popped up at the little lost caboose where I was coloring a picture. That's in my, hey, this is the way it's going to be the rest of my life. I'm going to be in here coloring pictures for the rest of my life at Six Flags. And I'll never forget when he popped up and I saw his face and there was a, Whew, I know that guy. Yes. And I, I, I wrapped my arms around him. And still to this day, I, it's the uncle that carried, I, I'm named after him, my middle name. And every time I see him, I say, hey, I'm your namesake. And he used to give me a dollar when I was younger. Guess what? I, when I see him now, I'm like, hey, I'm still your namesake. You owe me a dollar. And so he gives me a dollar every time I see him. Praise God, I'm getting rich that way. Um, he owes me because he lost me. But God's kingdom is righteousness, it's peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you this? When you're living right, there's peace, amen? When peace is on your life, there's joy, amen? We can trust him. Peace for, peace for your soul. Here's the last one, power of service. Everyone say power of service. Psalms 102. You ready for this? You better get your shouting shoes on right now. Psalm one, one, uh, 102 says this. Serve the Lord with what? gladness. Come into the, his presence with what? Woo! Man, some of you need to be coming in this building with a song in your heart. Listen, if you come here and you expect this worship team to warm you up, you've already missed the boat. You ought to be warmed up when on your way to church, in the car. And Listen, when I get up on Sunday morning, man, I blare my music in the shower. I blare my music all the way to church. My kids can tell you, I blare my music all the way to church and I give God praise all the way into the building because guess what? I don't need them to give me a jump start. Guess what? I can get my own jump start. When I come into the building, I begin to feel his presence and I'm already there. I'm like, God, I am grateful for that. Amen. Serve the Lord with joy is another way to say that, is to say that. It says gladness in this translation, but serve the Lord with joy. So come into his presence with singing. Did you catch that? Singing and joy go together. You come from a family 
Now, the Skiles side of my family, they're crazy. They're a bunch of nuts. If you've ever, you've never been to one of our family reunions, it's a three-day event. It's not a one-day event. We do three days worth of uh, singing and laughing and joking and, and praising. Yeah, we even have a church service in, in, our, in our family reunion. And, and it's amazing to me. Our, our, it lasts three days and it's chaos and it's laughing. You know what? Some of us say this. It's hard to serve the Lord. And I, I say this. I don't have to serve the Lord. I get to serve the Lord. Change your perspective. I don't have to. I get to serve him. He's not making me do anything, but I, I get to do that. I, I, I remind myself of this, you know, uh, when, I, when I, that statement, I don't have to serve the Lord. I, 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 don't, I get to serve the Lord. I, I, I began to think about that. I was in, in, when I was in Guatemala and I was on a 25-foot ladder painting the trim on a building, 25-foot, let me rephrase that, a 25-foot janky ladder that, was, that had a screwdriver in one side keeping it together. And I was up there and I was reaching, little pastor up there, Tyler's 6'9", he's on the ground. And, and here I am, and, 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 I'm, and I thought, Lord, I don't know if I, I get to do this. I don't have to do that. I get to do this. Amen? The Bible tells us that whatever you, you, your hand finds to do in Ecclesiastes, we should do it what, with all our might. So if you're going to serve the Lord, don't do it half-heartedly. Do it wholeheartedly. Give 100% to Him. So far, so as we serve the Lord, uh, should we, should, we should do it with a joyful heart and not a burdened heart. Some of us need to get that perspective in our heart. Some of us say, oh, I've got to serve today. No, you get to serve today. You get to bless somebody today. You get to be a greeter today. Hello, how are you doing? Let me put a smile on your face today. <laughs> Glad you're here today. God bless you. And then they come in and go, man, that person is weird. No, I'm just joking. Man, some of us serve the Lord and we act like Eeyore. Oh, I'm just making it. Oh, they need help again. Right? Don't be Eeyore. Be Tigger. Be excited. Right? Get the spirit of Eeyore. And Lord, we, we pray the spirit of Eeyore out of here right now in the name of Jesus. Amen? Be like Tigger. Be excited. Bounce around. Be, be joyful in your heart. So, uh, uh, you know, but, so I'll say this. It's, it's why David, the king of Israel, could, could uh, what am I trying to say here? could say this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David, you know why he could say that? Because he was excited about coming into the presence of the Lord. He was excited to sing to the Lord. Some of us, listen, we're so complacent in our walk with God. We come in, we expect everyone to do everything for us. Listen, you come in and you serve the Lord with gladness. You, you put a song in your heart. Come on, you know that you are a worship leader. You're leading yourself. Come on, to praise the king. You got to put on your garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Some of you are heavy every time you come in here, but you need to put on that garment of praise and begin to worship the Lord no matter what. I love what Charles Spurgeon says. He says this. There is a marvelous medicinal power in joy. Amen. Most medicines are distasteful. But this, which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. The blessed joy is very contagious. One dolorous 
spirit brings a kind of plague into the house. How many know that, that, that man, w- there's this contagious spirit that is in us. When the joy of the Lord is in us, guess what? Someone else catches on, and then someone else catches on, and then someone else catches on. And listen, and then the spirit of joy begins to rise up is what he's trying to say here. Holy joy will strengthen you for your daily labor. Come on, somebody, right? It'll keep you going. Holy joy will beautify you. Come on, all the ladies. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. If you're around someone who serves with joy, guess guess what? It's contagious. I told you I like to be around people that are joyous. I have friends that are joyous. Listen, if I'm feeling a little bit down, I can call them, and, man, they will help pick me up. Come on, they'll get me back on or remind me where I, where I should be. We're all, we should all be serving in joy. You know what joy does when we're serving together? It's like oil in a machine. You know, if you don't have oil in a machine or in a motor, guess what? It seizes up. Where people are serving and there is no joy, come on, where the oil of the Holy Spirit is there, the joy of the Holy Spirit is there, listen, it begins to take the rough edges of things where there would be heat and friction. The Holy Spirit begins to work those things out, and that motor begins to work, and its purpose begins to happen. How many know that we need a fresh touch of joy in the house of the Lord today? Amen? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. To know the Lord is to have assurance of our salvation, to claim his love and his promises. So then, with giving and reflect his love to others. I'm going to simplify the whole sermon and say, Pastor, why didn't you start with that, right? This is where the joy of salvation is found. You ready for this? You ready for this? How many say, ha, I, I, I need to know where the joy of salvation is found? Right here. It says this, Hebrews 12, 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the, that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated where? At the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, listen to me. Jesus endured the pain and suffering, the shame. Why? Because he knew on the other side of this thing that there was joy, that he he knew that he'd be back with the Father and that we would have access to him and that we would know him in an intimate, personal way. Maybe your joy has been decreasing or even non-existent. First, uh, know that, that you too, like David, can return to the joy of his salvation. Amen? This is what I'm going to do today. A little bit different. That's okay. Pastor's different anyway. This Your pastor's crazy, all right? That is this, Jesus Christ. He pardoned your sin. That gives me joy. He pardoned your sin. He pardoned my sin. <laughs> you, you sit there like a stump on a log. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. He, he gives me purity of spirit. That, that gives me joy to continue on. He gives me peace. When it feels like, man, I don't know what to do, God will give me peace. He'll guard my mind. He'll guard my heart. And he empowers me to serve in joy. The joy of the Lord is my, the joy of the Lord is my, the joy of the Lord is my. And I can count it all joy when I face fiery trials. Why? Because Jesus is the center of my joy. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you.